0: Good evening, folks. Today is Friday. It's snowing out here in Pennsylvania. We have a great episode here for you tonight uh, with a very special guest, Maddie Mueller. Uh, Before we get started, here on surviving sticky situations, I have a quote from Mr. Rogers. Whatever we choose to imagine can be as private as we want it to be. Nobody knows what you're thinking or feeling unless you share it. Um, So if you're new to the podcast, what we do here is we have real conversations, uh, get to know and learn from one another, just um, stuff we've struggled with in life and overcoming. Uh, There's lots of things you can struggle with, having maybe um, the loss of a loved one, a breakup, just being stuck in a rut, um, whatever the obstacle may be, we'd love to hear about it, give me a message on Instagram at, uh, at natures underscore Mathers, um, but here we have Maddie tonight, she's gonna talk to us a little bit about what she's been through, Maddie, thank you so much for being here with me, um, Let's hear a little bit about your story.
1: Yeah, so I'm Maddie. I'm 17 years old, and I'm from Indiana, PA. Lived here my whole life. And basically, my life has been kind of ups and downs throughout it all, but that's how everyone's life is. But um, basically, like, the long story short of my life is... Um, as young as I can remember, I remember being interested in music, and at 12 years old, my parents separated, and that's when I really got passionate about music, and it spoke to me in a way that nothing else ever has, and then two years later, I found Amplify Church, and, um, gave my life to Jesus, and started playing on the worship team, and, you know here I am still on the worship team, still doing music, and music's what I want to do for the rest of my life so
0: wow uh it's interesting you know how uh having uh parents of of divorce uh you can turn into so many ways, and you really took that and made it a positive and went um into church and you know really have dedicated uh your your life to to jesus and Um, Playing guitar at the church almost every Sunday, Um, that's that's really really awesome. How, how uh, how about some, you know we're not really trying to give it advice so much because I think advice kind of gives you that like superiority um, over someone when we we more want to what's called like psychotherapy it, I guess. Um, You know, that's a genuine conversation instead of advice. Uh, And we want to just explore and articulate um, and strategize, really give something that um, might help someone else that's uh, gone through um, a similar situation. Uh, So what else have you kind of had a how to struggle with that you've overcome?
1: Um, In my life, like the biggest struggle for me has been, and uh, probably always will be, but I'm hopeful that it won't be, that I'll be able to overcome it completely. But it's trust issues. I've always had trust issues um, ever since my parents split up um, because there were some situations with my dad and my mom both that broke my trust in a very severe manner in which I was lied to and um manipulated into choosing sides and it just wasn't healthy for me to be put in that situation to begin with but I've learned that like our parents are people and they just have to like they just happen to be our parents and with the trust issues that, uh, I've had due to situations like that, ever since I found, like, Amplify, and started having a relationship with Jesus, like, I've had trust issues even with God, like, trusting in his promise, and his faith, and his, like, story over my life, and stuff, I've had a hard time with that, because it's just, like, if my worldly father, and, like, mother can't, um make me trust and can't keep those promises. How can I rely on my heavenly father who like I didn't think I knew. So it's always been like a struggle for me and something I've uh really, you know, that's helped me through it is um just learning uh God's love for me and for other people because like you learn God's love and you learn just compassionate overwhelming love and it's like okay I'm gonna like love these people and with love comes trust because if they break your trust you're still gonna love them and so that's something that really helps me is like love is the center of like what makes things good and that's in my life personally
0: Awesome, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are out there uh struggling with um, trusting others, especially when you know the ones who are closest to us maybe hurt us the worst sometimes um, and and forgiveness too with and that comes uh, with with love um, so would you like to go in a little bit more depth about maybe your childhood and um I know you used to. Uh, maybe have a problem with, not a problem, but like you smoked cigarettes for a while. And mm-hmm. I know you, recently you've kind of quit that. And that's yeah. a, a big thing. Um, A lot of people sh- struggle with. So how does that? How does like uh, cigarette smoking kind of? Um, what is that like?
1: So for me, it was um, it started when I was 15. I had um, a friend that I met through Instagram and, uh, we were hanging out a lot and this story actually is a lot bigger than just like, oh, I started smoking a cigarette just for fun. It's more in depth and it has a lot of like deep meaning. Like, so I was like friends with this kid and he was from New York and I finally met him and we started hanging out. And so I'd go and see him like every single weekend and I stopped going to my church and I stopped like being close with people that were really important to me and just went to, um, New York and was getting into some really bad things involving drinking. And, um, so when I was with him, because he was older than me, I felt like I had to impress him. Like I had to do stuff to make him think I was cool and make him like me more because I've always had, uh, like poor body image and, my mental health, like, makes me think lesser of myself always, so I wanted to, like, I wanted him to like me, Mm -hmm. and so I was letting him pressure me in a way, and I was letting myself be pressured into trying different things that I've never tried before, because, like, I've always kind of, like, not had friends that did bad things, necessarily, and bad things is entirely up to each individual to decide Mm -hmm. but um when I was 15 that was the first time I got drunk Mm -hmm. and I was in New York Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I remember like thinking it was really cool and like it was interesting and you know I had a good time and that's how kids have fun and so then the next weekend uh he had me try a cigar so I liked the cigar so I was like okay cool um and then he had me try vape and so I was like, this is cool. So he bought me a vape and then he'd buy me cigars. And then someone close to me in my life, one day we were hanging out and I was smoking a cigar and he was smoking a cigarette and I was like, Hey, can I try that? <laughs> Cause I had already tried like everything else. So I'm like, you know, why not? And so I tried it and I really liked it. So then it would be like, I would have a cigarette after school, like a couple days a week. And then it turned into, like, okay, hey, can you buy me a pack of those? And then I'd smoke whenever I wanted to smoke. And then it kind of turned into, um, eventually over time, like, a pack a day Oh wow. at 16 years old. And I did that for about a year. And it took me having to step back and look at my life and be like, two years ago, I would have told myself, I would have never touched a cigarette because I watched my grandmother pass away from lung cancer and brain cancer due to cigarette mm. smoke.
0: That's interesting. Um, and my, my uh my grandma both my grandmothers actually passed away from uh lung cancer. One actually smoked a lot of cigarettes, um, but the other didn't at all. So um yeah, I understand what you're um, going through that or yeah. went through in that. That's uh that's how I always felt too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I just Step back and looked at my life and it took a lot of help from um some really important people in my life shout out to my best friend for like you know getting on my case and kind of sometimes it takes someone that you really care about telling you hey this isn't good for you and I'm getting mad at you when you're doing this because I care about you and I want you to live a long healthy life and I want to see you fulfill your dreams and you're not going to do that if you're dead because you smoked a pack a day from the Mm -hmm. age of 15 Mm -hmm. and it took that to make me realize wow yeah you're right and then I just kind of slowly transitioned into vaping and now I just vape and still addicted to nicotine but like it's a habit I wouldn't like to have because I don't want to have anything rule my life Mm -hmm. I want to have complete like control over my decisions and my mental health and not get mad at someone if I don't have nicotine (laughs) Uh
0: so like vaping has has kind of substituted um and it seems to be a lot I've you know talked to people and they said it's a lot less harmful Mm -hmm. um and you know what happens if you're somewhere and people are smoking cigarettes or like how do you get past that craving just kind of you have those like friends that um kind of or more of a positive influence or you know
1: um none of my friends actually um smoke cigarettes um the only two people in my life that I'm super close to that regularly smoke are my father and my brother and like I'm really close with my brother so every once in a while when I'm with my brother hanging out it was always like kind of a a bonding thing in a way in my mind because we'd go and hang out and talk and smoke cigarettes and be cool and it was our thing so like every once in a while when he comes home from college i'll like smoke a cigarette with him but like i don't crave cigarettes anymore Mm -hmm. um so it's not that big of a struggle um but a lot of my friends vape so
0: (laughs) awesome uh do you believe in destiny
1: oh in what sense? What do you mean? Like fate?
0: Yeah, and just um, situations like a coincidence Like, do you think like anything's really a coincidence or?
1: Oh uh, no, I don't think anything's a coincidence. I, in my mind, and what I believe, I think everything happens. Like we make our own decisions, but everything ultimately happens to lead to the path of the story God has kind of outlined for you. Mm -hmm. like he has an end goal for you and like your decisions along the way make you reach that end goal um people encounter you in your life and you encounter people that impact you because you learn from situations you learn from people you learn from everything that you go through and you encounter in life so I don't think any of it is a coincidence because it all shapes you to be that end goal
0: Mm -hmm. so like the story or your life has maybe already been written but you, do you still have the free will to decide if, if you stay on that path or not, or would you explain it a different way?
1: Um, I wouldn't say the story over my life is completely written. It's not set in stone. I have heard it said like this, and it's the best way to describe it. That I feel like it's more of like a sketch in pencil, mm-hmm. of what my life is going to look like. Cause I can make a decision that could lead me down a different path. Like it's always the, what if I would have done this or what if I would have done that? But it's like you make each decision and it leads you to like what you're supposed to do. Like, I feel like there's destiny in that. Like you have a destiny, you have a purpose and everything you do leads up to that. Hmm. And I think our free will is entangled in that because we make the decisions. God is like, Outside of time, though, so like the story's written and it's already happened to God,
2: He mm-hmm. already knows the outcome. Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, that's how I think it's written. Like, He knows the outcome, so it's already happened to Him. We're just kind of making the decisions along the way and just kind of living that and going on the ride.
0: <laughs> gotcha, awesome. Uh, and how about have you had any like miracles in your life? Would you say, like, any? That you can think of
1: um some miracles oh okay um my there's one time um shortly after my grandmother passed away my grandpa um was in the hospital because he's always had heart problems and he was having some heart issues and so he went to the hospital and ended up getting transported to a bigger hospital in Pittsburgh and he wasn't doing too well, and, you know, I was kind of young, didn't know what the outcome was going to be, and I was worried, and I just started going to Amplify, and I had met some people who were prophetic um, at Amplify, and that basically means that I believe, and they believe, that they were gifted by God with certain gifts of prophecy to be able to pray over people, like, prophesy and just it's very in-depth it's a concept that people should look more into I think it's very interesting um but my grandpa was in the hospital and I'd always heard stories of people prophetically praying over people and then miraculously getting healed like in the bible and like friends of mine had told me stories and I'm like that's intense And at this point in my life, like, I was worried for my grandpa's life. He was in the hospital. He wasn't getting better. He was getting worse. And the doctors, like, didn't know what to do. They didn't know what was happening. So we went to visit my grandpa. And out of nowhere, I just felt it on my heart to call one of my friends and ask them to pray over my grandpa through the phone. So my grandpa was kind of awake, but he was kind of out of it. And so I called my friend and put her on speaker and we prayed over my grandpa and the next day he immediately started getting better oh my god yeah and then he was home within like two weeks so that's a big miracle (laughs)
0: like within and uh you know to see that happen instantaneously you know that's that's really um powerful and um you know sometimes that doesn't al- always happen, mm-hmm. um, with, with people that, uh, maybe just God has, like, a, uh, d- a deeper um, plan for that, mm-hmm. that person, but, um, that's, that's, a uh, that's really cool, um, and earlier you were talking about your having, um, trouble with, like, self-image and stuff, mm-hmm. was that due to, uh, person just like the maybe having um being around the wrong people or you know how have you maybe overcome that lately
1: um my entire life I've kind of been somewhat overweight and it's just always been a thing like I eat my emotions is what I say (laughs) like and I feel a lot so (laughs) um Mm. I always remember being heavy, and I remember when I was super little, like, I'd go to dance and, like, girls would make fun of me for being in dance and being overweight, and then, like, I started softball and basketball, and same thing, was kind of, like, made fun of for being overweight and being in sports and being involved, Mm. and so I quit everything, I quit all of those things and got more involved in music, and, like, Mm. my self-image is really improved because of the atmosphere in which I put myself in because I'm in a place in my life where like God has done a lot of works in my heart and I want to be put in positive environments that help me grow Mm -hmm. and I take everything as a learning experience now instead of looking at it surface level and being like That person called me fat, and I'm really upset about it, and I'm going to ignore them, or I'm going to have an attitude about it. I take a surface level, and I'm like, okay, well, how do I learn to love them no matter what they said? And how do I learn to love myself no matter what people say? And that comes down to I don't look at myself the same way as I would have two, three, four years ago, because now I look at myself, and instead of saying, you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid like stuff like that I replace it with what God says about me Mm -hmm. because ultimately we're each his beautiful divine creation Mm -hmm. and so like he loves me so why can't I love me Mm -hmm. so that's how I look at it and I still would like to improve on my health and like it's not so much as a like I hate myself I want to look different now it's more of a I want to improve my body so I can live a long, healthy life and fulfill like what I want to do for the rest of my life.
2: Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah. And it's tough when you're younger and, uh, other people are, are mean and bully you. Um, when, you know, everyone's kind of made differently and has those different talents. Some of us just can naturally are, are gifted to play sports where others are More naturally, maybe with um, music. Um, So, yeah, it's 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 great that you have God to. um, Anytime you know maybe that's like the the evil and the devil may be speaking to you when there's like those negative thoughts about yourself Mm -hmm. and uh, it does it it seems like yeah you I know you reached out to me about one to um, like work out to and improve your health. Um, and that's awesome. And and some, some people, you can get wherever you want and, um, what you really want to look like. And as for whatever reason, just to feel better. Um, but ultimately, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's some people just have to like work, work, uh, harder and to um, overcome maybe whatever, um, genetics and the past, uh, has happened, happened to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so can you, uh, maybe tell us about any other predicaments or, um, maybe, uh, times where you've felt like you're stuck in a rut and have overcome.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um so back to it would tie back a lot of my stories tie back into one another. So with that guy that I was hanging out with from New York, I got myself in a rut with that um majorly and it wasn't just cigarettes or drinking. It was like an emotional state of being in like emotionally mentally I was drained because I stopped thinking about myself stopped caring about my life and what was important to me and what I needed to do needed to do <laughs> mm-hmm. to make sure I could help him in all the ways he needed help so that was staying up all hours of the night throughout the week listening to his problems when he called me on the phone or like emotionally investing myself in him so that he had someone to be stable in his life so I was doing everything I could to be stable for him when I wasn't stable I didn't have my life figured out I still don't have my life figured out and so it drugged me to this place throughout lots of intense moments with, like, some personal stuff that happened in his life. that's stuff I've never heard of anyone else going through that's really intense. And it, it took it out of me because I was bearing the weight of his problems in an unhealthy way. Mm. And so I got to this point where I'm like, okay, this needs to stop. Like, I'm leaving everything I love and that I'm passionate about and that I need in my life to just help him, and helping people is good, but when you're like emotionally and mentally wrecking yourself over someone, that's not healthy, you need to be independent both ways, Um, so basically got to this point where I was like, I can't do this anymore, so I told him, I was like, I need to take a break from our friendship for a while to get myself back to who I want to be because I wasn't being who I wanted to be. Um, I had done so much improvement on myself mentally and emotionally and spiritually throughout the two years before I met him and then I wrecked it all when I met him and so I really wanted to get better and like feel better and know what was going on in my life and kind of focus on me and so I was like hey we're taking a break from a friendship I'm you don't really have a say in this it's happening sorry Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then he said to me if you stop talking to me I'm gonna kill myself Mm. and that was the first time I ever felt like completely shattered and broken because I had hurt someone that much that I literally stayed up, I was 15, and I stayed up this one night that I told him that, when he told me he was going to kill himself. I stayed up that night sobbing ridiculously and so loud that it woke my mom up and she came into my room and held me while I hysterically sobbed into her arms trying to tell her what happened. And all that could go through my mind was, what if this kid actually kills himself because of me? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot of weight to bear. Like, that'd be my fault for the rest of my life because I couldn't emotionally continue to support this kid. And it took a lot of tears and a lot of praying and a lot of support from close people in my life to help me, like, get past that and understand that, like, if someone tells you that, It's not your fault, because it's not like you said, go kill yourself. That's not what happened. They told you that they were going to kill themselves because of you. That's not your fault. You can't bear the weight of that, because if you're doing the right thing and doing what needs to be done for your emotional and mental well-being, I think you need to, like, move past that as best as you can in whatever ways you can. You don't need to keep putting yourself in that situation out of fear of what they're gonna do Mm -hmm. and if it's really comes to a point like I didn't know how serious it was how serious he was about it because he said it once Mm -hmm. but definitely if someone says that I would definitely if I could redo or change a little bit of what I did in that situation I would definitely reach out to someone and be like hey this kid told me he was gonna kill himself just so you know like reaching out to his parents or something and just letting them know what he said so they could be aware. In any case, just letting someone know Mm -hmm. that could help him if he were to get to that point. Thankfully, he did not kill himself. Mm -hmm. And I let him back into my life. And when I was emotionally stable and healthy, he was in a better place. And we slipped up again. Mm -hmm. And it just went back to trash. And, you know, he was in a way, sexually harassing me. Mm. Um,
0: so it's just a to- toxic relationship, yeah, huh? Yeah,
1: just a genuinely toxic relationship. And, you know, as much as I wanted to keep forgiving him and wanted to keep working towards positivity, um, as m- you can only do so much forgiving until you come to a point where you're like, you know, some people aren't meant to be in your life because it's not healthy. And that's the point where I recently came to in my life. And again, it took people I care about telling me, hey, you're draining yourself. You're hurting yourself. You've been hurt before. And at this point, like you're being kind of (laughs) naive. And there's a difference between loving people so much and forgiving and being naive. And my best friend was right in saying I was being naive because I can forgive him for what he did from a distance. You don't have to, like, keep them in your life to be able to forgive someone. You can forgive from a distance. So that's what I had to do. And I'm finally out of that rut and I'm emotionally stable in that area. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Were you friends with, like, his friends, too? and uh, Or was it just kind of, like, him? and?
1: It was just him, other than when I went to New York, he'd introduce me to his friends here and there. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time that we'd stop talking or something would happen, he would have his friends calling me, texting me, getting on my social medias, just totally harassing me in every way. Like, he created mm-hmm. a fake Twitter account to talk to me, and I'm like, dude, I know it's you. Stop mm-hmm. messing with me. Like, wow. just a little, I don't know if I've told you this story, but an example, Pink is my favorite singer. Pink, <laughs> um, I want to see her more than anything, And I've always said, since I was 12 years old, when I first heard her voice, um, I was like, I'd do anything to see her. Do anything in the entire world. There's not a single thing I could think of that I wouldn't do to see her live and meet her.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So the opportunity rolled around. that She was going to be in Pittsburgh last year. So I was like, I was super excited, but I'm like, hey, I don't have $1,200 to get front row seats. Ha ha. And so I was like kind of upset, kind of bummed, but I'm like, hey, it'll work out, you know, whatever, it could be a Christmas present, and I had just let this kid back into my life, same kid from this toxic relationship from before, um, and he was like, hey, I heard Pink's gonna be in Pittsburgh, I'm taking you with me, and I'm like, no way, like, that's sick, like, okay, uh, and I was like, super, super dope, and, could never ask someone for that. Like, couldn't. He's like, yeah, I got the tickets, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so then, that was like eight months before the concert. So, leading up to the concert, he started calling me more and more and more and more. Late hours of the night. Mm. And he would make sexual comments directed towards me. Mm. Um, they made me feel very uncomfortable. He would FaceTime me and be like, uncomfortable and say things and he'd come down to hang out with me and he'd say uncomfortable things and give me weird vibes and you know it was just all creepy and he made a comment about the night of the concert I was getting a hotel in Pittsburgh and I was like um okay because like you know being a teenager you Have someone give such a nice gesture, you're gonna, like, feel obligated to do whatever they ask you to, whether they're pressuring you into doing that or not. Like, if someone buys you a car and then they're like, hey, Mm -hmm. do me this favor real quick, you're gonna be like, that favor's, like, nothing compared to the car they bought me. And so that's what it was like for me. I see. And, um, so it was, like, come to this point where it's like, okay... Stop with the sexual comments, dude. And I told him that. And he's like, okay, I'll watch out. Blah, blah, blah. I was just kidding. But then he kept doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Just being like an immature like guy kind yeah, of. Yeah, uh, but, but
1: like, it was making me genuinely uncomfortable and worried for my safety. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he was older than me. And he bought me a pink ticket, a front row pink ticket. That's a lot of money to spend on someone you've had a rough history with. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, what are you trying to get out of this? And it's like, sorry, but trust issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so he came here and he hung, he hung out with me one night, and I was like, you know, this could be really bad because of the things he's been saying. But benefit of the doubt, I'm gonna trust him anyway. And so we were hanging out, driving around Pittsburgh, whatever. And nothing weird happened, right? I was like, okay, this is good. (laughs) And then we get back to my house, and it's a Saturday night, and I had to play in church the next day. So I'm like, okay, trying to, like, rush him to leave because I had to go to sleep. Um, And I go out, like, he came in and talked to my mom, and we go out and talk in his car for a little because he wanted to download some of the CDs I had onto his hard drive in his car. So I'm like, okay. I'll grab them when you're done. So I'll go out and talk to him for a little. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? When you come down to get me to go to the pan concert, just give me the CDs. Then keep them. I have the same ones. Um, and he's like, okay. And then I say, I say, bye. And he says goodbye. And then leans in to kiss me. And I'm like, uh, what are oops, you doing?
0: Oops. Sticky situation. <laughs> <Well>, yeah.
1: <laughs> and he's like, I'm kissing you. I'm like, Oh, are you? <laughs> like, uh, I didn't, I wasn't aware. What? And so we just kind of sat there. And then he was like, if you don't kiss me, I'm not taking you to the pink concert. And I'm like,
2: uh,
1: I said I'd do anything. <laughs> so I contemplated for like two minutes whether like a kiss was worth pink tickets. And I'm like. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so, I kissed him. hmm And that was my second kiss ever. mm Love hadn't been ruined for me at this point. The concept of intimacy with people wasn't ruined yet. And so I kissed him, slammed the door, flipped him off, went in my room and sobbed. <laughs> and, um... I decided within the next couple days that, like, talking to some people and stuff, I let myself be used. Mm -hmm. But he took advantage of me. He Mm -hmm. blackmailed me in a way. Mm. Um, And a lot of it was, like, I had my own decisions. I made my own decisions. But, like, he kind of, in a way, influenced me to do that. Because, like I said, like, someone asks you to do a small favor after they buy you a car, you're going to do it and not think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Like, that goes for situations like, hey, like, I'm paying your rent, have sex with me, because it's not that bad. hmm Because I'm paying your rent, I'm sustaining your life. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, then you look back on your life and you're like, how could I let myself be used like that?
2: hmm
1: Like, you let yourself be used, how do you live with that? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's my fault, but it's also his fault. But I don't know whose fault it is, so I want someone to blame, so I'm going to take it out on myself and on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it got to this point where I was like, you know what? It's kind of my fault, but I learned from it. But also, he was in the wrong too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, what ended up happening, just to wrap the story up, is like, um, I told him I'm not going to the concert, and I don't want to talk to him anymore. And then, uh, like, it didn't go to the concert, and I saw the pictures and videos, and he met her band and stuff, and, like, that crushed me. Mm. It crushed me, but, like, the way I think of it is, if Pink, um, knew my situation and knew what happened and I still went to that concert and stayed in that hotel room with him, not knowing what would have happened, mm-hmm. she would not be happy with that. She would not want me to put myself in that situation to see her. Mm-hmm. So I have faith. that like, I'm going to see her one day. And it's going to be better than ever because I'm not going to have to worry about some dude that like was like, ah, and I was like, ah, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people um, have probably similar similar things where they'll, be pressured into doing something they don't want to do, um, and kind of, like, blackmailed, like you said, and some, having that held over your ticket, well, if you want this, you're gonna have to do this with me, Yeah. and, you know, I think, ultimately, you made the right decision, and, uh, right, like, yeah. there, where other people might not have, and, um, and you know I think that's a lot more taxing on your soul. you saved your your soul a lot of yeah. of of grief because mm-hmm. ultimately you um you just you you know you could have had what the greatest thing possible of uh, the material world could have mm-hmm. provided you, but you didn't like give into to your flesh and yeah. you um you know
2: yeah.
0: had were strong in your spirit where like some people might not have that um, relationship with God as close as you did, and might have given into their uh, flesh a little more. So that's, um, says a lot about you. And uh, what other, you know, how, how have you um, made sure that, you know, to avoid that, like, sort of situate, or yeah, avoided that from, now on i guess like how do you avoid anything like that happening again
1: um i don't think it's as much about avoiding it as much as knowing the general idea of your morals and your values for if a situation like that comes up be like like ask yourself the hypothetical question what if this were to happen and if you can answer that honestly for yourself good for you and hopefully that situation never comes up in which you have to make a hard decision like that that feels like the end of the world to you because music's my everything pink's my biggest influence and like i don't know what would have happened after that concert if i stepped foot in that hotel room what if i would have i could like be in a completely different situation in my life right now and that's terrifying because I don't know where it would have gone. And the unknown scares me. But mm. like, if a situation like that comes up in your life, just kind of like prepare yourself mentally to be like, this is what I believe, this is what I value, this is what I love about myself, and this is what I'm not gonna sacrifice for a material worldly item. Hmm. Well put. Yeet.
0: Uh so you've have completely uh ended your friendship with this this guy uh since then since before that concert you were saying
1: yeah after that concert like after the concert completely happened i uh talked to him for a little and i was like hey just so you know like it's cool like we both made mistakes um and that was that sense again about I even thinking I had to tell him I forgave him and had to let him back in my life to me, for me to have forgave him, Mm. which I learned is not true because, um, last month, we totally called things quits. We're like we're done, like being friends, and it's like, you know, sometimes it has to be like that, and it's okay because from that one friendship I've learned. More in that relationship than I've learned in any other relationship in my life. It's taught me so many life lessons within a short period of time, I would say. Because I've learned so much that I'm going to carry with me throughout the rest of my life through that one person. So, like, as Ariana Grande put it, thank you, next.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, uh, What is one book... You think everyone should read, and it it can't be the Bible. <laughs>
2: I, I, they're gonna say that one. <laughs>
1: um, a book I think everyone should read. Oh, there's so many. I love reading. It takes me into a different world. Um, I think good ones are definitely um, autobiographies and just like books about people's lives, because you can learn a lot through hearing someone else's story. Um. Mm-hmm. And at least get an idea of what to do in situations. Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend Tyler Oakley. Um, But also, like, if you like, uh, you know, more interesting mystery novels, The Messenger of Fear is a really good one.
2: Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: Oh, and I can't forget, like, it's super stereotypical, and everyone reads it in high school. But if you haven't read Romeo and Juliet. Get some Shakespeare in your life. Mm-hmm. Literature. Bam. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, so, what are some ways you feel like you can heal mentally and physically?
1: Um physically for me to heal, my like when I mentally and emotionally get run down, it takes a toll on my body hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was drug through a keyhole (laughs) and run over by a car. That's how I feel like on days when I'm like super depressed, I just feel like the entire weight of the world is on my shoulders and I can't move. So a way that really, really helps for me is again, music, like music speaks to my soul in a way no one else can. Nothing else can playing guitar and writing music helps me heal mentally Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: by getting in the right headspace i feel better Mm -hmm. um so definitely finding what you're passionate about and something that expresses what you're feeling like writing like not necessarily writing music but writing for me is writing poems stories just my mental thoughts and putting it on paper and being able to read it and try and understand where I'm coming from and why I feel what I feel helps Mm -hmm. a lot and like just like working through it um, yourself helps a lot not relying on others to help you Mm -hmm. um, but also relying on God and like putting everything you have at his feet because ultimately he's the one that heals you but like you can do things to help along the way like whatever Mm -hmm. you're passionate about that expresses yourself
0: Mm. Uh, I think it's awesome with like music too. Like you like making your own music, uh, recording, you know, that stuff that like can last forever. Like if I Mm -hmm. was to, I would say like, if I'm gonna like die to tomorrow or something, what are people going to remember me as like, and that's why I think like the podcast is like my form of music, Mm -hmm. um, recording and just getting to know people and building up more relationships and, and getting that, um, um, maybe one person will listen and it will kind of help them. Uh yeah. that's that's where I feel like is is my my music but in any art form, you know, that kind of something that is monumental and uh yeah. can you know leave behind that that legacy.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe in um hundreds of years from now people will come back and 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 keep listening to that. Yeah.
1: That'd be super dope.
0: <laughs> um so, how about, like, you've never had any near-death experiences, have you?
1: Um, I've gotten in the car with my brother when he was learning to drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, not really near-death. I mean, no. <laughs> I tend to, like, not do things to put myself in situations that would cause my own death upon myself (laughs) um i'm usually i stray away from those kinds of things like i don't really do drugs or anything because like that's just an immediate way for me to be like hey i want to (laughs) die and i don't (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but no i'm not really
0: well, I know you keep looking at this uh, on the table. There's something, like, white there. Yeah, but... I was
1: really confused. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's actually uh, my, like, workout powder, so don't,
1: Amino. don't worry.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, was just, I wasn't even looking at it being like, what was that? I was just kind of looking at it, like, should mm-hmm. I, like, touch it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Definitely. Um, <laughs> so, how about, like, um, fitness and stuff? Like, worry you as far as, I know you're saying you're keeping your... I'm um, trying to keep as healthy as you can. Um, have you, like, been kind of doing stuff lately?
1: Wh- I walk a lot because I don't drive because I'm irresponsible and don't get my license. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I walk a good bit. Um, I mean, I I yeah, I walk a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I want to get more into it, and that's why I reached out to you and stuff, so... Mm-hmm.
0: So you're feeling good, though? You you don't have, like, any injuries or um, never really have any, any like, health issues either?
1: I mean, when I was 12, no, I was 13, I had, oh, I did have a near-death experience.
0: Okay, I, got, I knew that, I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling there was something. Um, <laughs> this
1: kind of gets a little personable for, uh... Let's just say females per se, but
0: this is this. You might be famous too. Like if, if you if you say something, I can't I can't take it. <laughs> hey, hey, I heard this, and now I don't want you to uh, put this out there. You have to take this. Hey, down.
1: you know, transparency is everything, man. But I'm gonna just keep it bare minimum because I don't want people to get grossed out. But basically, um. My blood count was low because I bled for two months straight. Let's just say that. And, okay. uh, oh my god. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> um, and I was super young and it was just a health issue. Um and so I got all fixed up, but like I almost had to have a blood transfusion and stuff. My blood count was so low that they got really worried and I immediately had to get rushed to children's hospital. Um, and that's when I got diagnosed with uh being pre diabetic. Oh wow. And so I lost a bunch of weight Mm -hmm. throughout the years Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of stayed the same weight or like kind of grown with my body. I don't know how things work. I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not pre-diabetic now. I'm not diabetic. I'm good health-wise. I broke my foot last year because I didn't know how to lift weights properly. And Mm -hmm. I separated the ligament from the bone in my foot. It was
0: and that was on a leg crest, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, the leg crest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. Well, that's interesting. Do you feel like the pre diabetes just happened because of like eating yeah. not well?
1: It and... was the size of my body compared to my weight was not like ratioed properly. Mm. Um, and it was just like I wasn't eating healthy at all. Like, I see. My family doesn't eat healthy, but my brother, like, Is ripped and has a six-pack, but he'll eat, like, Mm -hmm. freaking three Big Macs at one time. And I'm like, how? Why? Why are you like this? But his metabolism's super high. And I just kind of got the bad genes. Okay. My metabolism's slow. Mm -hmm. had the same kind of health issues my mom had when she was younger. Um, And, like, I got my dad's tonsils... Which are terrible, by the way. That's why I sound like I sound right now. Because I feel like I'm choking on my throat. But that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's just kind of like... Not super intense medical issues. But like Mm. minor ones that kind of just like suck. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, definitely. And
0: I I feel like a lot of people are going through that. I think one in three Americans end up with like diabetes of some sort. Mm -hmm. Some people are born, at least, you know, not born with it. And the biggest thing is like movement, exercise can reverse that, um, diabetes and make it go away, like eating healthy and then, um, won't, won't have to like amputate your arms when you're older and stuff. That's one thing I always, I always tell people, you know, um, it's like the most, it's one of the most preventable like diseases out there, Mm -hmm. uh, just by like getting, getting in some, some workouts, And you know it's hard. It's hard getting started, but like once you really um, know that your life depends on it, and it's uh, it's good. A little bit of weightlifting, um, eating a little bit like healthy, prevent that. um, uh, You know, chronic illnesses and. Vitamin supplements, are you are you into any, like, supplementing vitamins at all?
1: I take my gummies every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I drink emergency a mm-hmm. lot because with tonsils that are the size of golf balls, um, <laughs> it's oh, like, wow. yeah, they're big. <laughs> um, but it's very easy for me to get intensely sick. Like, I don't get colds. When I get sick, I get strep. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how it is. Like, I just got over tonsillitis, like, two weeks ago. And I thought I had strep on tonsil on top of my tonsillitis. And so I take vitamins. I take allergy pills. You know, just... I try to stay healthy and take care of my body. Just mm-hmm. the eating part of it just is a struggle for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so, you, you want to... You, you think you want to... You're, you're happy with with it though or you want to try to like change or
1: i would love to change my eating habits and my physical fitness habits because um like it's just i remember two summers ago i did this diet and i was working out and i did this diet in which it was like all healthy food that's like from nature nothing processed Mm. and i lost like 45 pounds in Mm -hmm. three months, Mm -hmm. and I felt great about it, then I got sick, and then, like, I just stopped caring, I got too busy, and, like, when life gets too busy, you kind of stop caring about yourself, definitely, it's good for you, um, and that's, you know, how my life has been since then, like, it's been super busy, taking on more stuff as weeks progress throughout life, and it's just kind of, like, That's something everyone puts on the back burner instead of like maybe on a a weekend like taking aside two, three hours meal planning, going to the grocery store Mm. and cooking your food and cooking your meals and having it ready so you can grab it instead of uh, I don't know what I'm going to have for lunch today. I'm going to go through Taco Bell and then I'm not going to work out later. Mm -hmm. Making time, wake up a half an hour early and get some cardio in like it's what I used to do and that's what I'd like to get back to doing Mm -hmm. because it just. Makes me feel better, makes me think better myself, and overall helps me improve mentally as well. Like working out's another thing that helps me improve mentally because it like, I think it's some sciencey thing that's like it releases certain chemicals in your body, and it makes you feel good and. Definitely. I think it's serotonin. Is what it's called.
0: Oh, serotonin. The <laughs> thing. That actually helps with your. It actually ninety percent is made in your gut. So having that that healthy gut with. Uh, eating, eating well. Um, they say if you eat well, 80% of the time, it's it's good to not uh, like cut anything out. Mm. Um, and I've recently probably in the last year gotten real into um, nutrition and trying to find out because, you know, we, we don't even know how to a lot of people don't know how to take care of their body. So what what does that say um, about like how you can take care of your, your spirit too you know, um, so it's, it's easy. You can get easily confused on, on, on what all to put in your, your body. But basically, I guess, you know, garbage in is, is garbage out, right? Yeah. And, um, for sure. So that's cool that you wanna, you know, I think that's like a very like selfless thing to do too. When you take care yeah. of your, your body, it will end up, you'll be able to take care of other people mm-hmm. too down the road. Yeah. Um, even I just got like creatine, I realize creatine helps with um, your mind. And it's not just like a performance kind of enhancer. But there's like, especially when you get older, like your muscles like shrink, it can help prevent like muscle shrinking. Um, And then taking in after like right after your workout, when you take in like supplements, or just eating, helps like quicker the protein synthesis. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, your body's ready to like use all that stuff right after your workout. So when you're taking w- whatever you're taking, do it right after your workout. Seems to be like the science yeah. um has pr- proven to um be uh, the best. Um Oh, sorry, let me see here what else we got. Um is there any other thing you want to talk about that you're, you've maybe struggled with it and overcome that you're open open to discuss
1: um something that a lot of people don't talk about but like is definitely something that could help some people out there that I believe I could be um definitely placed in a position to reach certain people that other people wouldn't be able to reach would be the fact that um I'm bisexual as well as a Christian. Mm. Um something a lot of people don't understand though is I don't identify myself through my sexuality. My identity is found in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Something about me is that I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like a lot of people of the LGBTQ plus community identify is their sexuality or their gender. Mm-hmm. Um or both. Um, and I feel like that's where, not necessarily the problem, but it's not a problem. But in my beliefs, people should find their identity in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, like, people can find their identities in their work or in something they enjoy doing. But, like, ultimately, our identity is found in Jesus and... Um, that's something I've always struggled with because it's like okay we all know in the bible there's stuff about being gay and like ah what does that mean mm-hmm. and it's like I don't have all the answers right Um, and I could get into some theoli- theological stuff about it but there's no point because it, all it comes down to is the gospel and what Jesus says is love one another as I have loved you And as long as, like, you believe in your whole heart that, uh, in God and Jesus, that, like, and Jesus rose from the dead to save you of your sins, like, that's what it comes down to. And then all your sins are forgiven if you believe in him. And God then won't look at you by, uh, your sins, but he'll see Jesus when he looks at you. And that's something I really, really had a struggle believing for myself because I'm like okay why is it okay for um people to sin this way and still be a Christian but you know if people think I'm sinning and still being a Christian it's not okay um so uh
0: one yeah. one second real quick we're gonna have to take a quick break because the recording's gonna cut us off But hold that thought. We're about to come right back. Um, I'm just going to take a quick commercial break. We'll see you in one second. All right. We're back with surviving sticky situation. If young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. (laughs) Um, So Maddie was talking kind of about, you know, being bisexual and uh, being a Christian. And I think that's great that she's open about that. And a lot of people out there, um, you know, probably struggle with the same thing. And it's, it's great that she's just taking time out of her day to, um, you know, I feel like that it very just selfless of her because she has a busy schedule and um thought this was important enough to share with everyone. Um So kind of let you pick back up where you were talking about
1: yeah um so with being bisexual in the church like i said it's more of an identity issue than anything else it's not like a sin issue it's an identity issue um and i know my identity is in jesus um being bisexual is just something that's about me And I want everyone to know it doesn't matter what race you are or what religion you're in or what sexuality or what gender or what political party or who you are. If you're human, God loves you. He created you. He loves you unconditionally no matter what.
0: Unless you're a Democrat. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No matter what. No matter what.
1: No, literally no matter what. And that's what blows my mind. And I had to come to this point where it's like, I had to let God do something in my heart for me to believe that, and he did it, and, you know, I'm in this place where I'm super happy, and, you know, figuring out more about myself and, like, overcoming um, things like that, that was a huge struggle for me. Like, I felt like, you know, I was like, okay, I love God, and I serve God, now what can I do to make him love me and not see me being bisexual. But, you know, I didn't have to worry about that because, like, I had a conversation with someone Mm -hmm. and they were like, you don't have to do anything to cover up what some people may think is a sin or what you may think God thinks bad about you because Jesus already covered it up. He doesn't see what you think is wrong with you or what you think other people think is wrong with you. He sees Jesus in, you know, his sacrifice for you. So, like, when the enemy's like, hey, look what you did. Jesus is like, but look what I did. Mm -hmm. And so, it flips the situation. And then it's not necessarily about me, but about what Jesus did for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are like, I identify as bisexual or I identify as this or identify as that that's to me the hard issue mm-hmm. people need to know Jesus and then they'll find their identity in Jesus and then their sexuality or gender Is just something about them mm-hmm. so
0: Our love comes in in many forms and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and shapes and sizes and uh does the bible actually say anything that it's like, again, like, there's something, like, wrong with it. Because I believe that people are born, um born it, whatever they are. And some people know at a very young age, some people don't find out till later in life what they're attracted to, or due to society puts the pressure on them to mm-hmm. maybe hide it away. Yeah. And we're coming, it's 2018. And, you know, it's... Great that a lot more people are open and not af- on not afraid, and it's just a really brave thing to come out and uh, and 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 say like I you know, like I love this person, and you know what 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 do you feel what do you feel like the Bible says specifically?
1: So I know the Bible, translated to English, says in Leviticus um thou shall not I think it's that verse in Leviticus but thou shalt not lie with another man as he lies with a woman um this is where I could get into a lot of theological stuff that I believe personally but I don't want to step on toes of people and I really believe and I'm passionate about what some people in my life say and believe and I believe they're destined for great things and are going to impact a lot of people and I don't want to step on anyone's toes because honestly like what I believe shouldn't dictate what other people believe. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm just gonna leave it at the fact that everyone has the right to their own opinion and figuring out what they believe.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I believe something different than some people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's okay. Right. Um because, you know, we're each on our own journey. And <laughs> Our beliefs and our opinions kind of shape us to be who we are and that's okay and I know what the bible says but also I'm just gonna leave it with like this topic with the um end statement of things can be lost in translation and the bible is originally in a different language
2: right hmm. that's so
1: awesome. like people want to look into that more they can but you know
0: that's yeah. what I just have to say about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, what, what do you think, you know, how, how can you just I'm finaling filing some thoughts, how can you be like a better person, I guess, in life? What advice or psychotherapy could you give to someone who wants to be just the, the best they can be?
1: To be the best you can be. Try to experience as much as you can experience and keep your mind in this standpoint of everything is something you're learning from and everything is something you're going to be shaped from. Um, Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think this has been a great podcast and uh, thank you again so much for taking time out of your busy day to uh, sit down and talk to me. And I know this will... what you've experienced someone might listen to this and and help others and uh hope we can have another conversation soon
1: absolutely thank we'll, you for having me
0: we'll see you next time this is surviving sticky situations